This is Horsepower Happenings. Tear up the body panel, fine. You know, you can bend those. You could have destroyed the whole race car, if not worse. I don't have any problem racing each other and trading paint and moving people. I mean, that's it's a short track bull ring. This right. is not Daytona. From the MCRP studios in the Motor City. But I do know also one thing. By the time I'm his age, I'll have more than 100 wins, and I promise you that. With Zach Heiser. Fager leads him down on the bottom side of the racetrack. Moyer trying to make something happen on the top shelf. Big run. He'll cross over now down the back straight lane into turn number three. Moyer puts the binders on Fager nearly on the bike. And Rich Frank. Any progress, Zach, that they made on the last stop, they ruined on this one. So now they're really trying to get this thing off the ground. From the Motor City Racing Promotion Studios. Hey, guys, this is Ford Hodge. This is three-time Dirt Car UMP National Champion, Rusty Schlink. This is Bobby Santos. This is Travis Stemler. This is Travis Brady. This is Andrew Shai. David Melky. Josh Fry. Ryan Rule. And this is Horsepower Happenings. Good evening, race fans, and welcome in to Horsepower Happenings. Another weekend of social distancing racing is in the books for a number of tracks from across the country, excluding the Great Lakes region. But before we dive into that, let's take a look at some things that are going on in and around the area in a Motor City Minute. Stephen Nassi continued his hot start to 2020 after a two-month layoff to pick up the win Saturday night in the COVID-19, the COVID-119, we should say, super late model event at Showtime Speedway in Pinellas Park, Florida. Nassi started eighth on the grid in his familiar 51N machine and was the class of the field, beating uh, Jesse Dutilli, George Gorham, uh, Anthony Sergi, and Michael Goddard. Elsewhere, Lucas Oil Products has announced that Morgan Lucas, Senior Vice President of Lucas Oil Products, son of Forrest and Charlotte Lucas, and former NHRA U.S. Nationals winner, will take over as the newly appointed president of Lucas Oil. The Bob Hilbert Sportswear Short Track Ser Super Series, fueled by Sunoco Modifieds, are heading back to the track Thursday and Friday, May 21st and 22nd, from Brasstown, North Carolina's Tri-County Racetrack, a maximum of 30 teams will participate in the Invitational Non-Points event. The Wasoda Promoters Association and its board of directors have made the decision to suspend national points until further notice to promote a fair opportunity for all drivers to compete for national points. A start date for the national points to resume will be determined at a later date. And finally, NASCAR has announced the cancellation of three race weekends originally scheduled for Richmond Raceway on April 18th and 19th, Sonoma Raceway on June 12th and 13th, and Chicagoland Speedway on June 18th and 21st. Those events have been realigned to other speedways and will not be rescheduled. That and so much more going on on this week's edition of Horsepower Happenings. I'm Zach Heiser. Rich France again uh, joining us from the uh, version of social distancing that we can do and that of course on the uh, video line. Good evening Rich. How are you? Hi Zach. How are you doing this week? Well it's really it's it's been a great week so far. Uh, glad to be able to watch racing over the weekend and before we get started I need to uh, make a, a very special anniversary announcement of sorts. I don't know. It's kind of a cool milestone for uh, my wife and I, uh, who today we celebrate 10 years of just being together, right? The dating in high school situation. So today's kind of cool, right? 10 years that I've been with with my now wife, uh, going on four years of marriage, you know, uh, just a small milestone. So just wanted to throw that out there because without Becca and her support, uh, I wouldn't be able to be here and do what I'm doing today, Rich. So I got to make sure that I keep everyone happy. <laughs> 
I can't believe you can remember that far back. Yeah, I know. I know. Hey, you know, this is one of those dates, man, that just kind of sticks out. I wish I have more. I have a harder time remembering our actual wedding anniversary than this date. So, uh, you know, it's kind of funny how that works. So anyhow, now that'll get you in in trouble one day. So remember that one. Yes, absolutely. Well, now that we got that out of the way, Rich, let's talk about what's going on in our industry. What is making news today? Yeah, we finally got to watch some racing, Zach, uh, on Saturday, and uh, really some fans in the grandstands, which was a little bit different than what we've seen. And Mr. Smooth lived up to his nickname Saturday night at Federated Auto Parts Raceway at I-55. Hall Hall of Fame dirt late model racer Billy Moyer started from the outside of the front row and led wire to wire on his way to claiming a $7,000 payday in the Carl Chevrolet 50. Moyer had speed right out of the box as he set quick time in his super late model qualifying group with a time of 14.296. Tanner English laid down a fast lap, which also put him atop of his respective group in qualifying. Moyer's speed carried him through the heat race in a win over Brandon Shepard and Shannon Babb. Local driver Darren Klein, Jake Tim, uh, Kyle Bronson, Devin Moran, and Tim Manville all won respective heat races Uh, for the group and set them up well for their 50-lap feature event. Moyer started on the outside pole in the main event with Jake Tim to his inside. Moyer pulled away early, uh, which left Tim and Moran to battle for the second spot. Brandon Shepard made his way up from fifth to the front in a hurry where he too battled hard with Moran for position. All the the while, Moyer uh, extending his lead. Uh, Lap traffic played a factor in the closing laps which allowed Shepard to peek under Moyer for the lead on several occasions. However, it was Moyer who held on for the top spot and earned the victory. Uh, I ran a different combination tonight than what I would normally run any on any other night, and I haven't ever ran this car here either, but it paid off, Moyer said. Lap traffic was slowing me down quite a bit, and that allowed Shepard to get to the back of me. I was just trying to be careful and not turn myself around or get my nose bent up, uh, Shepard, Moran, Tanner, English, and Bronson would complete the top five. And uh, Zach, a little later in this program, we'll catch up with Rusty Schlank, who uh, had an interesting uh, evening down at Peebley. Yeah, we will catch up with Rusty coming up later on. Also, Steve Doerr going to be on the program. We'll uh, preview why that's going to be coming up in a minute. But uh, as reported last week, Doherty Speedway in Indiana planned a racing event for Saturday despite an ongoing legal battle regarding that event. Those plans were canceled as of Friday after government officials barricaded roads leading to the facility. The Indiana Dirt Track had successfully negotiated for practices to take place in the state of Indiana starting May 11th. However, information distributed by Indiana Governor Eric Holcomb stated racetracks fell under the category of sports venues and entertainment in the state's reopening plans, which would not allow any racing events at this time. Still, the venue had already made plans to race on May 9th, selling out tickets for the event, and they carried on with that plan. Thus, the Indiana State Department of Health issued a cease and desist order on the track for the event. All tickets uh, will be or were refunded for the event, despite some fans asking the track to keep their money and uh, rich my understanding is that uh, we're going to discuss that a little bit more in detail tonight during our heel uh, here's the deal segment coming up in just a few moments yeah we'll touch on that a little bit later but zach uh after nearly two months after the racetracks across this country started shutting down uh to the COVID 19 pandemic the wheelman racing series started its season saturday night at 417 southern speedway down in punta gorda florida 
uh, no doubt uh, due to the unexpected hiatus. An otherwise simple recipe of fast cars on the Florida 3-8 mile made for a dramatic feature that played out like a racing-themed whodunit. Uh, it, it was wild to say the least. The clues pointed to one of two drivers, either Brooke Storer or Brandon Morris, taking home the win as the duo, enga duo engaged in a, in a tight battle for the lead following a restart with just a handful of laps to go. What was shaping up to be a photo finish came to an abrupt halt in turn three as Morris and Storer made contact, Storer going nose first into the outside wall. The fans in the stands were quick, were quick to judge uh, judge and jury who's, who was responsible for the incident. Morris denied dumping Storer, saying the 21-year-old caused the incident that ended both of their nights. Third place runner Adam Briggs was able to capitalize on the drama, advancing to the lead uh, on the restart and holding on until the end of the race. His victory, however, was short-lived. And according to Wheelman Racing Series officials, Briggs was disqualified in post-race tech for a drilled tail shaft on his transmission. The rules uh, state that competitors must run a stock three or four speed transmission with no alterations. Uh, the shake the shakeup handed the trophy over to second place finisher Chad Rutherford, who celebrated the news with his first Wheelman Racing Series win from the tech shed. The, the Wheelman Racing Series has not announced a revised complete schedule for the remainder of the season. Uh, as certain racetracks in Florida begin limited operations under phase one of that state's reopening plan. And like you said, Zach, we'll talk to Steve Doerr, the owner and uh, promoter of the Wheelman series here in just a li little bit to, to get his insight on everything. Well, let's continue our conversation about things that happened over the weekend at racetracks on Thursday night at Sonoma. Uh, Sonoma I always have trouble saying this hometown for Georgia, Rich. Say it Sonoya. for me. Sonoya, thank you. Oh, my gosh. Bubba Pollard. I should have just said where Bubba Pollard lives, and you'd have known where I was talking. <laughs> so, Sonoya Raceway. Bubba Pollard took the win over Dylan Knowles in the crate late model feature, yes, on dirt. When the division returned to the South's baddest bull ring two nights later, it was Knowles getting the upper hand after a thrilling battle. Knowles took the win over Pollard at the uh, bull ring bash on Saturday after an extended duel between the Alabama driver and the pavement late model standout racing at his home track. Knowles and Pollard would exchange the lead multiple times over the following laps, exchanging passes and slide jobs. Knowles was able to wrestle away the lead before he and Pollard encountered lap traffic, which allowed him to hang on for the victory. While Pollard came away with a runner-up finish, he was still thrilled to have a strong showing and to take part in a hard-fought battle for the win. He said, quote, our cars were so equal, it was going to come down to whoever had that little advantage to be out front and keep it on the bottom, end quote. I, uh, he went on to say, quote, I know I had to get him before he got to the lap traffic, but he got me back. That was the key, end quote. So Pollard getting it done, uh, podium finishes, and a win on the dirt tracks. And, Zach, a uh, little bit of disappointing news. Uh, with unfavorable weather forecasts holding steady for, uh, Wheatland, Missouri, for the Wheatland, Missouri area, uh, the practice and races at Lucas Oil Speedway starting tonight through May 13th are canceled causing the rescheduling of the Lucas Oil reopening tour. They're adding an additional day to Golden Isle Speedway on Thursday, May 21st, and an additional day on Monday, May 26th, 25th, uh, to East Bay Raceway Park. Each of these races will still be fanless, but will be available for viewing on LucasOilRacing.tv and free on the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series Facebook page. 
And, and as announced last week, Zach, uh, all races on the reopening tour will continue to pay $7,000 to win. Well, it was a bit of an eerie feeling from Knoxville Raceway in uh, Iowa, but it was David Gravel who took perhaps one of the hardest-fought wins of his World of Outlaws career on Friday night with a thrilling victory at Knoxville, battling with Australian ace Ian Matson during the second half of the race. Gravel took control, and uh, he had it for all of one lap. The final one, Matson had washed high and got over the cushion, losing momentum, coming out of turn four as Gravel darted away. The win marks the second straight for Gravel at Knoxville and his 52nd overall victory with the World of Outlaws. And Tristan Stevens came from 11th starting position to win Saturday's Touring Outlaw Modified Series main event at Southern Oklahoma Speedway, and it wasn't easy. Stevens raced his way into the show from one of three B-mains, and chase down pole sitter Tristan Dykus late in the 30-lap feature event. The win bank Stevens $2,300. Pretty good race and uh, pretty good money for a UMP Modified show, so congratulations to Stevens. Uh, Rich, as we move in on our show and move through our show, it's time to get to our Here's the Deal segment tonight. And, uh, well, tonight we're going to revert back a little bit to one of the topics that we already uh, you know, already touched on with the, with the uh, Doherty story. Uh, what are we going to talk about tonight? Well, Zach, uh, you know, I'm starting to get a little bit disappointed, um, you know, in maybe some of our our promoters uh, at some of these racetracks. You know, we're we're kind of at the mercy of the, of the state governments right now, and and we need to make this go as soon as as smooth as possible. And and I don't think some of these promoters are making it any easier for everybody else. Um, you know, back uh, back a few weeks ago, um, Showtime Speedway had an issue with the local authorities trying to get a race event in um, and, and really was going back and forth, back and forth, and finally got it in this weekend, uh, quite a bit later than what, what they planned. And then the promoter down at Doherty Speedway, uh, Indiana, um, they had to actually block the road to his facility to keep him from having an event. And, uh, and, and I'm starting to think that we're going about this thing the wrong way. Yeah, you know, I I understand where people are coming from about wanting to stand up for their rights and wanting to make sure that things aren't infringed. I understand that side of the coin. I also understand the side of the coin where we have to do things safely. We have to do things the right way so that people don't get sick and so that people don't, you know, succumb to certain things that are associated with COVID-19, a virus that we don't fully understand. It's a very, you know, it's a very tossed up situation, um, but... To the point that you're making, Rich, I do agree uh, that unfortunately what happened at Doherty over the weekend, um, you know, I understand putting up a fight, but what happened at Doherty was not good for our sport. Uh, you know, even what, what went on at Showtime, right? He, he put up a fight, put up a fight, put up a fight, but then when it came down to brass tacks, okay, we're going to follow the rules. We, we, we had this negotiation. We had this discussion. We went back and forth on how, how I think I'm right, how you think you're right. And okay, we're going to bow, bow out and we'll do it next week. You know, we'll just keep pushing it until you say we can. Um, yeah, I, I agree, Rich. What, what happened at Doherty, I think, was not good for our sport and it was unfortunate. Yeah, and, and I under, where I, what I, I do understand, Zach, I understand this is a, this is a financial uh downfall for everyone i mean individuals i mean we have the highest unemployment rate right now um we've ever had ever and, and it's all happened in the last couple of months in 60 days this has happened um and 
I understand that these guys have a business they have to run. Um, but there has to be a better way of doing it. You know, I, maybe if you work with these guys, you know, say, Hey, let me have some practice sessions and, and work with them and, and express that you need to get your business going that you are you know, maybe I, I heard that the, the racetracks were not eligible for uh, the small business loans. Uh, they were excluded from that. So now they don't have, the only way they can make money is putting people in the grandstands. But um, you know, if, if you fight the government, it's going to take you longer to put be, people in the grandstands because they don't really have a personal interest in making that work. They have a whole lot of other areas uh, that they need to work on that are at the top of the list before you. So uh, I just think you need to, you can state your case, but if they don't want you to open, you, you kind of have to work with them and say, well, uh, I'd like to work with you and let me know when we can do something. Yeah, and so I'm going to say, here's the deal, right? You need to work. You need to make your case known. You need to be strong and firm about it, but you need to work with the local governments as well. Is that uh, is that what our deal is tonight? Absolutely, because you're not going to win a fight with the you're not going to win a fight with the state government, and you're not going to win a fight with the federal government. And um, I understand this is getting everybody, you know, they're at their wits' end. Uh, we haven't been through this. Nobody in our lifetime has, has ever been told that you have to stay home and you can't open your business. I understand I gosh, I, I, I try to support local businesses all I can right now. Uh, I understand it's a bad deal, but I think, uh, there has to be a point and, and that you have to kind of, kind of roll with it. It's going to happen. Mm. Um, and it doesn't always need to happen this week. Okay. Well, very good. Uh, I tell you what, we've got more opinion more facts and more race discussion coming up steve door is on the other side he's going to talk to us about what racing he did get in with the wheelman series down in florida that's coming up on the other side don't go anywhere you're listening to horsepower happenings when the call sounds from race control yellow 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 bottom of one yellow 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 bottom of one top motorsport sanctions rely on the elite team of industry professionals for motor city racing promotions to respond Highly trained men and women in uniform systematically arrive on scene with their advanced fleet of safety vehicles equipped for the toughest jobs. Hours of annual training and practice are executed with precision as the task is rapidly performed in unison. Each official on the MCRP safety team is SFI certified in short track incident response and demonstrates a comprehensive background in motorsports, firefighting, and emergency medical services. It is their own appreciation of this sport and its growing need for professional motorsports rescue that has been the catalyst behind MCRP Safety Team's impeccable portfolio. For more information on Motor City Racing Promotion Safety Team, log on to MotorCityRacing.co and look for the MCRP badge at a track near you. Looking to solve a suspension issue on your current vehicle? Suspension Max is a service and solution-based manufacturer of automotive suspension and specialty parts. Based out of Bay City, Michigan, Suspension Max has been serving the automotive aftermarket as well as engineers since 2002 and produces specialty suspension components for original equipment manufacturers and government contracts. To learn more about what they can do for you, give them a call at 188-629-9226 or go to suspensionmax.com. Suspension Max, the leveling kit experts. Hey, you know, racers know now more than ever that money should be spent wisely. That's where Hubco comes in. Uh, metal fabrication, that's what they do. Racer-owned and operated, Luke Hubble knows the value of good quality products at a fair price. Right now, 24-inch pit lifts with a hydraulic pump start at just 
$875. Upgrades are available too, including powder coating, LED lights, and a waterproof pump case. Uh, not just a case, the cart, the whole thing. It's all available. To place an order, simply find Hubco on Facebook, log on to hubcolifts.com, or call 269-838-0029. This is Tyler Ward, three-time Kalamazoo class champion, and you're listening to Horsepower Happy. Welcome back to Horsepower Happening. Zach Heiser, Rich France, along with you. Thanks so much for hanging out on this Monday evening and uh, glad to be able to uh, to chat with you here tonight. And, uh, man, what a full show we've already had with all the news and everything that's been going on. But, uh, Rich, as we continue to uh, work through our show this evening, it's time for our first guest uh, on the night. And uh, go ahead and introduce us to who we'll be chatting with. Yeah, this is going to be fun. He's the owner of Race Car Engineering and the Wheelman Racing Series, uh, along with finding time to, to run his super and pro late models. Uh, last time we got a chance to catch up with this gentleman was back at Speed Fest in January. Uh, he was from Michigan. He makes his home in Lakeland, Florida. Steve Dorr, welcome back to Horsepower Happenings. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. Hope you all are doing up there and doing well under the uh, COVID restrictions. <laughs> Yeah, they're, we're getting hammered up here, and I was going to start right out of the gate to think to see uh, how are things going down there with you guys. You know, I think our our governor did a great job. Um, for the most part, there's a lot of places closed down, um, but nothing like what it sounds have. Um, our restaurants are closed, but they're open to takeout, and, and the racetracks were closed until just this past weekend, and we were able to get some races in. Um, but a lot of the regular businesses, car lots and mechanic shops and different things, people are still out and about and they're doing yard work and house work. So um, it's going well. Yeah, up here we're kind of uh, still under a stay-at-home order, so we are uh, nowhere near uh, getting ready to race like you guys are. <laughs> yeah, we've uh, we've had that as well, and a, and a lot of us have all taken that. And like I say, everybody, everybody that I see, you go up and down the road, people doing projects at their house and getting a lot of things fixed and done. But our governor has been a little or quite a bit less strict than y'all's. But um, the people of Florida have done a good job. You go to the stores, you see a lot of them wearing masks and and uh, and social distancing. We I feel like everybody down here has done a really good job for their social distancing stuff. Uh, we're real strict at it at, at my businesses. And and so so far, everybody I'm involved with is is not been infected with COVID. And I hope I don't get to know anybody that is, you know. Yeah, exactly. Now you you're pretty fortunate this weekend. Um, you got your Wheelman Series underway on Saturday night at 4:17 uh, Southern Speedway uh, down in Punta Gorda. Um, what all did you guys have to go through uh, to get that race approved, or or was it pretty easy? Joe Gentry, the uh, the owner of the racetrack, is that there's actually a lease on that racetrack, and it's the county owns it. It's right across from the uh, airport. And I know he had to do a lot with the county. Um, for As far as us, we didn't have to do nothing because he was itching for us to be there. Now, we were heavily involved with Joe as far as ideas and suggestions and thoughts to keep the restrictions and separate teams from one another. We had a pit stall in between each car. Our series didn't let our drivers go to each other's pits and, and hang out. And there's only one person in the driver's meeting, you know, the driver and spotters were all spaced six feet apart. So... Uh, everybody, they checked everybody's temperature going in and out of the track, so that was good. 
Um, but it was it was different than a normal thing, a normal race. But it did feel somewhat like being back to normal in my life for for the past two months. Now, Steve, one of the things that I thought was was intriguing, uh, having talked to you earlier in the week, was that uh, you you made a decision, having worked with the racetrack that if there was a chance that there were some race teams, maybe some drivers, some crew members that didn't follow the social distancing guidelines, there were going to be consequences to pay for that during the event. Talk to me about that. There was. We had put out a notice to all our drivers and teams and stuff that if they didn't adhere to the guidelines, we had set forth that uh, you could lose a lap in qualifying. You may get put at the tail of the field, or if you continue, we would send you home. That, that we want to be a part of the solution, not a part of the problem. Um, but we also want to get our lives back to normal. We, we want things to come back. We want economy and businesses and these people that are struggling with no jobs to be able to have a, a, an income. And, and I think we were a part of that this weekend, and I think we did a good job at, at um, maintaining our social distancing after the race. Like, for an example, in tech, only the driver could come there. That way their team wasn't close to our officials, and we weren't close to a bunch of them. Once we decided what they needed to tear apart, we put them in a certain area by themselves, had their team tear the car apart, and then we walked over as officials after the team backed up and inspected the car. Everybody in our series honored that, did a good job. I'm not saying they didn't talk to each other, but predominantly people did a good job uh, respecting it. Now, when you look back at this event that was on Saturday as a race car driver and as a race fan, as well as a, a series promoter and owner, um, what was it like for, for you? How was the feel at the racetrack? You know, did it, did it kind of just feel like another race night or was it clear that there was something going on that was different? Overall as a whole, I would say it felt 85% normal. Again, having the team separated by a pit stall was a little weird. Um, people not, you know, spotters being spaced apart, six feet apart. That was a little different, obviously, but, um, overall still good. People laugh and joke. You didn't see yeah, everybody. I think had a good time and was glad to be back up until the race. <laughs> now I did, we did, uh, before we called you, we did a story, uh, on the show and boy, um, the race itself, anything but normal from what I understand. Yeah, our races, we've got some really good sportsman-like drivers, and, and they've always done a great job. But as in anything, in the past five years, we probably have four or five bad shows that I consider, and I consider this one of them. Um, I think there's some great racing in it. I think there's some really super hard racing, but some really just ignorant decisions and, and bad decisions on people's part that turned each other around and pile cars would pile in. Definitely tore up more cars than i like to see and had more cautions um i guess maybe it's kind of like there were caged lions and they got let loose you know <laughs> and and uh but there, there was still really really good racing and that was like the second fast qualifier was, was leading the race at the end of the race and, and got wrecked there at the end um was involved in an accident but it just shows they came through the field they passed cars but un unfortunately too many cautions and, and people not respecting each other it was definitely a, a lack of respect night in my opinion as a promoter I thought it was eerily a reminder of uh, kind of like the Snowball Derby. A couple people battling, a wreck late in the race, uh, a surprise winner, and then the surprise winner doesn't win. <laughs> uh, yeah. And kind of went that way. Yeah, and the kid that won, Adam Briggs, he did a really good job. He had a fast car, and he kept it clean. He, in the past, he's had some troubles and tore stuff up and whatnot, but did a really good job, run up front. <clears throat> Excuse me ends up winning the race and, and then gets tossed out for an illegal transmission. 
and I hated it for him. It was his birthday. It was his first Wheelman Series win, and I hated it for him. But, I mean, there's no, it's black and white in our rules, and it doesn't matter first time, last time, you know, best friend, worst friend. Uh, our rules are our rules, and we live strictly to them. So he unfortunately got it taken away. Let's talk about what's next for the Wheelman Series before we move on to your individual career and what you're doing. Um, uh, do you have any more races already planned for, for the Wheelman Series, or how, how are things looking moving forward right now? I know it's very different for you to be a series that's going to different tracks versus a track that has to make the decision to open, but what's ahead? Providing there's no setback with the state of Florida or counties or whatnot, our next race is at Citrus County Speedway on May 30th, I believe. Um, a lot of people know it as Inverness. That's our next race. Um, usually have really good racing there. We have good car counts there. Cameron Ray, the owner, is a really great kid. He's like 23 years old, and he does a great job promoting the place. Like, this sets the stage for people. He's done a great job. So all our drivers looking forward to going there, and, and that's probably the last wheelman race I'll attend before coming to Michigan, providing you all open up the state there. <laughs> uh, and then I'll be up there hopefully racing on my own. Yeah, and then that's... Oh, a, that, Dave, you have plenty of time. Don't worry about getting to Michigan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and, you know, that leads me to my next question, and, and that is with race car engineering and everything that's going on, um, how is business? What, is, what, is, what are things doing for your racing business with the COVID-19 outbreak and, and the pandemic? And um, have you been able to stay busy down there? Have you been able to, to service race car drivers? What's going on? It definitely hurt us. Um, we were off quite a bit for a while. With that being said, because of the way our governor handled it, it still enabled a lot of people to work and, and get paychecks. So a lot of them took that money. In Florida, we don't get off-season where you get to work on your car like you all do in Michigan in the winter. So this was kind of a winter season for these guys, and they actually took the time, and, and a lot of them bought parts and, and redid their cars and fixed things that they may not have normally fixed, which kept us afloat. And I actually talked to him in the driver's meeting this weekend and, and, and told him on a personal level from race car engineering that I greatly appreciated the money they spent with me because it's enabled me to keep all my people employed. I haven't had to lay anybody off yet, but but it definitely, the sales are off 40, 50% for sure for the past two months. It's, you're starting to see an uptick now here the past week or two, but we're not back to normal. Talk to me about your personal racing career. So a normal year for you would be down there uh, in the late fall, through the winter, into the early part of the spring before you come back up uh, to your home or to your, uh, you know, I call it your home state of Michigan where you were born and, and uh, raised. And, um, and with it, you bring a race team and you bring race cars and that's your plan is to race in the Great Lakes region. And uh, Steve, for those who don't maybe understand um, everything that the racing industry brings to the state. I think you're a really great example of, of the amount of money that one race team can interject into a, an economy, whether it be a local economy or the state economy or even the economy of the region. And uh, you've got a really interesting perspective on that in that when you come up here, you're looking at a lot of races, a lot of fuel, and, and a lot of hotel room costs that you're not able to do right now because of one industry that hasn't been given the green light to go back to work. Yeah, we spend we spend a fair amount of money when we come up there. Um, our team comes up there. We stay there throughout the week. So, you know, seven nights a week we're eating dinner. We're eating lunches at restaurants. We're, you know, obviously you're buying swimsuits or you're going to this thing during the week. You're, you're doing activities, going to movies. On the weekends, you're obviously at a racetrack and you got to put these people in hotels and, and you're buying food and, and whatnot. Uh, the racetracks, pit passes, it definitely generates a lot, as well as like fuel at gas stations. And when we go in there, we all walk out with a handful of food and drinks and all that stuff directly affects a lot of people's lives. And 
I feel that's why I feel like Governor DeSantis has done such a good job in Florida that he's he balances the the, the safety with with the mental safety of of financial and economy and whatnot. He's he's balanced that. Where in Michigan, I feel like y'all haven't got that balance. And just like with me, if if it doesn't open up, we're not going to come because I don't want to go there and be locked in a home. So weeks on weeks on weeks, you'll lose that income, that revenue from me and all my teammates and the people that race with me. That revenue of Michigan will, will miss out on that, as well as the states traveling from here to there miss out. Now I noticed, uh, I noticed Steve uh, also this weekend. Showtime Speedway put on a, a nice late model show that Stephen Nassie won. Uh, I know he was trying to get that show in for you know a few weeks now, uh, and and kept getting delayed. Um, was that kind of disappointing to you? Was that originally on your schedule? Because I, I would have think you'd have liked to run or go over there and run that deal. I'd like to say I agree with you, and there's times I go there and enjoy it, and then there's times that uh, I just don't always appreciate everything that goes on there. But uh, I appreciate him giving the opportunity for races to be there, and he's tried to put a race on. and um, So I'm glad they got to have races there, um, but I didn't have it on my schedule. No, I, I chose not to go there all the time. I, I, I pick and choose races I run there. So just so people are clear, as far as you and and your racing and your, your fans so that they know, um, what does your schedule look like right now behind the 10 machine? Obviously, as you said, you're waiting to see what happens up here in Michigan, but um, if we don't get a green light here in the next couple of weeks, do you stay in Florida and race? Do you race your way back north and hit some states along the way? What, what, are, you, what are you thinking right now for the 10 car? To be honest, I don't have a set-out schedule. If you all don't open up, I probably will start to look southern races, Pensacola, Alabama, Georgia, try some things I haven't raced that really in the summer because I'm always in Michigan. Um, if you do open up, I want, I'm going to do the Anderson 400 as I always do. I like the Slinger Nationals, uh, the race at Jacusa, the pro race that 75000 to win, I believe, this year in Canada. I intend on going to that. Um, Kalamazoo Clashes is up probably. Um, and then the Summer Sizzler, I always do that with the outline. enjoy that place. Um, but short of that, it's just wherever there's a, a good paying uh, prestige race, maybe, and, and pop into it. And how about you, you talk about some of those summer races that you don't go to? I know a lot of guys right now are kind of looking at uh, maybe a, a Rattler attendance, and, and that might be new for them and a, a first time for them. Are you looking at the Rattler here in the next couple, uh, couple of shows? I am, actually. I've, I've always had that on my schedule. I've raced there several times. It's, I tell everybody this, it's not my favorite track but it's my absolute most enjoyable weekend of the year in racing. The people there, John and that owns it and his entire crew are great. It's a relaxed atmosphere with camping. They put on a whale of a show. It's a good track for racing. I really enjoy the track. It's just not my favorite, but it, it's a very nice, fun racing track. But the overall experience there is amazing. And nobody ever leaves there disappointed. The, the fans, the racers, everybody enjoys all the people that, that John has there with him. Uh, it's just a great weekend. So, yeah, we're, we're actually getting our cars prepared, both of them, the Pro and the Super, to leave a week from Wednesday. Well, Steve, where do people go to keep up with what you're go what you're doing? I know you have a lot of fans here in the northern part of the country um, who don't get a chance to watch you race throughout the winter unless it's on a pay-per-view broadcast, and now they're not getting a chance to watch you race in the spring. Um, how do people keep up with what you have going on? Man, I'm a terrible social media person. I just don't don't involve myself in any of that per se. My sister occasionally posts some stuff on my Facebook page, but me personally, I'm never on it. Um, Speed 51 does a lot of it. The race monitor, a lot of people have race monitor can follow along, and you just kind of got to look at tracks and see where you're at. But um, 
for short of that, there's real no no way of tracking me. I guess <laughs> um, I just I don't do any social media stuff personally, so uh, fly under the radar and just show up. Well, head, if you're down south, head to a racetrack and look and see if you if see if you uh, find one of those ten machines with race car engineering on the side of it. And if you're from the north, well, just watch the borders and and wait for that hauler to come through. That's right. You can always call Race Car Engineer, and then uh, we'll be happy to sell you some parts while you're on the phone and tell you where I'll be next. There you go. Well, uh, Steve, uh, appreciate you making time to uh, join us. Congratulations on uh, getting a race in the books down there in Florida, and uh, good luck. Stay safe. Hopefully uh, things continue to improve, and we can see you at a racetrack up here real soon. Yeah, I look forward to seeing all you guys. There's so many people up there I miss and enjoy seeing, and I, I, I come to Michigan to race because I thoroughly enjoy the fans, the people, the atmosphere, the camaraderie. So I'm I'm hoping anxiously that uh, that things change up there. We can get up there and come race, spend our money. All right, sounds good, Steve. Appreciate it. Have a great night. Yes, sir. Bye-bye. All right, when we come back, we'll talk to another driver who has figured out how to get to the races, originally from Michigan, but now doing some stuff in other parts of the country because, well, doesn't have a choice, Rich. Uh, we're going to talk with Rusty Schlank coming up on the other side. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Horsepower Happenings. Looking to solve a suspension issue on your current vehicle? Suspension Max is a service and solution-based manufacturer of automotive suspension and specialty parts. Based out of Bay City, Michigan, Suspension Max has been serving the automotive aftermarket as well as engineers since 2002 and produces specialty suspension components for original equipment manufacturers and government contracts. To learn more about what they can do for you, give them a call at 188-629-9226 or go to suspensionmax.com. Suspension Max, the leveling Get experts. When the call sounds from race control. Yellow, 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 bottom of one. Yellow, 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 bottom of one. Top motorsport sanctions rely on the elite team of industry professionals for Motor City Racing Promotions to respond. Highly trained men and women in uniform systematically arrive on scene with their advanced fleet of safety vehicles equipped for the toughest jobs. Hours of annual training and practice are executed with precision as the task is rapidly performed in unison. Each official on the MCRP safety team is SFI certified in short track incident response and demonstrates a comprehensive background in motorsports, firefighting, and emergency medical services. It is their own appreciation of this sport and its growing need for professional motorsports rescue that has been the catalyst behind MCRP safety team's impeccable portfolio. For more information on Motor City Racing Promotion Safety Team, log on to MotorCityRacing.co and look for the MCRP badge at a track near you. If you're searching for a weekly podcast that features local results, news, and insight, then your search stops with Horsepower Happenings. Every Monday night, Zach Heiser and Rich France break down the week in motorsports, from NASCAR to the world of outlaws. Then they go over what's happening in the Great Lakes region. Plus, they sit down with industry professionals, including drivers, car owners, track promoters, and more. Find a complete broadcast schedule and more information at HorsepowerHappenings.com and follow Horsepower Happenings on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This is Jack Dawsey, a third two-time Jake CRA All-Stars Tour champion, and this is Horsepower Happenings. Welcome back to Horsepower Happenings. Zach Heiser, Rich France with you. And Rich, it's time for our final guest of the night. Let us know who we're chatting with. Yeah, Zach, it's always great to uh, have a friend of the show back on. He's a three-time Dirt Car National Champion, four-time ALMS Champion, over 200 career wins. Uh, we can call him a homer, even though he doesn't live here anymore. Now he makes his home in McClure, Ohio. 
Rusty Schlenk, welcome to Horsepower Happenings, bud. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. So, uh, first of all, let's get to the important stuff. Uh, everybody's safe down there in McClure, and how you guys been doing? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're, uh, we're just staying out here in our little hut building race cars. And when we last talked, actually, uh, back, back in December, you were just getting ready, getting everything wound up with the uh, Domination race cars, getting ready to start building chassis. Uh, how's everything been going on that end? Were you guys able to keep working throughout the winter and through this pandemic? Yeah, thank God our, our shop's right at the house, so uh, we, didn't have to, we didn't have to be deemed essential <laughs> to keep working. Uh, or, uh, we, got the, we got the seventh car on the jig, so since, since uh, December we built, uh, no, shoot, I think we actually started this, uh, the second car on the jig after the prototype, I think we started uh, late or early January, and we got seven of them done so far. Now, Rusty, as we're we're talking about everything that you're accomplishing and everything you're doing as far as domination race cars, there's got to be nothing better than to be able to race your own race car and and kind of prove what you're able to do with that. Um, you, you've been doing well on that sort of side. We talked last week for the written story that Horsepower Happenings put out. Uh, going into Peevely, you were on about your third show with some pretty good success behind the wheel of your own chassis. Yeah, so far, so far, so good. We uh, we won the very first race out down the Duck River. Very maybe we'd uh, have to fight some bugs the first couple weeks uh i've always i mean i we've always been real hands-on with our race cars and i've always uh we've, we've always built our own stuff as far as uh, we get a chassis from rayburn and change it around how i want it but as far as building the car from scratch uh this was just kind of our first go around so it's 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 been way better than anticipated we uh went to the dome and shoot man i think we had a shot to win the dome until we broke there uh and then we uh, our our opener this year. We finally got to race uh, two nights ago at, at Peebley. Um Saturday night we went to Peebley and uh, man, we had a good showing. We qualified third quick and ran second in our heat race. And we were racing with Devin Moran for I think it was third or fourth in the feature when we broke. Uh, ended up uh, cut a hole in a fuel line and had to pull in early. But we had a top three run top three run going there too. So I'm happy with how how things are going so far. And you mentioned Peevely, and you're actually, as we talk here tonight, you are preparing for more action from Peevely coming up in the next couple of days. Uh, you know, when we talk to you this evening, you're getting set to do some testing with your car. Yep, we're, uh, we actually just unloaded um, about five minutes ago. We got unloaded, and now uh, standing here watching them run the track in. So we're going to get some testing in tonight, and uh, I think we're going to go down and run Magnolia, Mississippi on Thursday, and then we're going to, if, if weather permitting, if it clears up here, we're going to be back here for Friday and Saturday as well with Outlaw Show. Now, talk to me about what that process was like to get into the World of Outlaws portion of the show, because uh, we understand that, uh, you know, again, Logan Arnt just was accepted today, and we use the term accepted because there was uh, a bit of a regulation on, on cars that could be a part of Friday and Saturday's show. Did you have to apply, or what was that process like? Uh, yeah, the World of Outlaws stuff um, uh, is it's going to be it's invitational only. There's uh, obviously because of the social distancing requirements there were only allowed so many people and so many so many cars in the pit so they were uh they were taking i think it was like the top 20 in in like the major series world of outlaws uh summer nationals points and last year's national points they were all eligible for um the invites and then anybody after they didn't uh after they didn't 
uh, fill those spots. Whoever didn't get didn't accept their invites, then they open it up for a few more. So I don't know. Uh, I think Logan should have probably got in on national points, though. So I think he probably ended up getting an invite. Now let's go back. Uh, let's go back to Saturday night uh, just a little bit because uh, there was no way that I wasn't going to miss that race, and uh, I was actually awfully impressed. You guys don't get out that way too often, but uh, that ninety-one machine was awfully wicked off the trailer. It was pretty fast. Thank you. Yeah, we were we were definitely impressed, man. I like I said, it's it feels good to build your own stuff, and uh, when you when you can uh, build a build a chassis and uh, from scratch out of your 30 by 40 pull barn and out back of your house there and come compete with these guys and there are 64 cars here and um before we came i counted and there was 35 of them i like i counted 35 cars that could win the feature so it, it was it was awesome competition to, to be able to unload right out of the box and run with those guys man it feels good um i uh, it just it shows that uh it shows we did our homework and hopefully we can we're gonna have a heck of a season and um, we still got a lot of bugs to iron out, a lot of things I need to test. So I think we're just going to get better from here. Now I got to, I, I got to tease you just a little bit, uh, in the feature, man, you are running fat. I think you fell back to fifth, then started your work, working your way back towards the front. Um, you, it seemed like you could never miss that rut coming out of turn four. And then I, I don't know if that was the, what caused the fuel line, uh, to break, yeah, but didn't you ever think, didn't you have the same kind of issue at Gateway with the when you broke there? Yep, yeah, we broke. Uh, ended up breaking a pull bar. Uh, broke our pull bar at, uh, at Gateway. But yeah, it was the same deal. The whole the whole kind of broke. It broke our shock, and the shock went up and hit the fuel line and uh, cut the fuel line in half, and motor shut off. So we had to, had to pull her in. But yeah, we had a heck of a run going. I think we'd ended up probably third. I don't know. We were lap time wise. Once we got rolling there, we were actually a little bit better than Shepard, and he ran second. But Shepard was so smooth, and it was it was pretty locked down in the middle. You couldn't really move around much. So I don't think we could have got around Shepard, but we probably would have ended up third, which, man, I, was, I would have been happy with that right out of the gate. Uh, the car was awesome. But, yeah, I would, I'm, I'm one of the guys that if there's if there's a hole on the racetrack, I try and figure out how to use the hole. There's there's always traction at the bottom of them holes. So. <laughs> And that's and that's what I was and that's what I was gonna say. You know, before I get uh, Schlink Nation all mad at me saying I hate you, uh, you know, <laughs> isn't there? I mean, I mean, is it is it a big difference? It seemed like if you were either below that rut or just slightly above it, you were okay, because uh, yep. it seemed like Moyer didn't hit that thing once, and he was a rocket ship. Yeah, yeah. If you could get the the best line on the track was actually the if you could roll into the corner and just catch that rut with your left rear at the very top edge of it. That was the best line, but. I was trying to find something to, to maneuver around those guys in front of me, and obviously you got to go where they're not. So I was searching around trying to find a way to get underneath that hole or get through that hole without upsetting the car too bad, and I hit it pretty bad a couple times. And it, it was a fine line. If you missed if you missed your mark and hit that hole, man, it would it would throw the race car sideways or up on the nose. I thought I was flipping it once. Jeez. <laughs> now, uh, R Rusty, talk to me about what the atmosphere was like at I-55 and Federated with everything that's going on. And, and you know, there was a limit on fans of 700, and, and obviously there was a limit on registered vehicles there as well. But what was it like for you as a driver and obviously as a race fan? You know, we asked Steve Doerr this same similar question uh, earlier. What was the atmosphere like? Did you just feel like another Saturday night at the racetrack, or was it very obvious that something was going on? It was no different than another Saturday night at the track. I mean, if you if you really think about it, there was there, there was 700 people in the grandstands, and I mean, uh, a normal Saturday night at a local racetrack, that's about what you're going to get anyway. You know what I mean? It's if you're 700 to 1,000 people in the grandstands, so it, it wasn't terrible. I mean, 
it, it was a little bit thin for Peebly for a big show. I mean, there, there, there's a lot of grandstands here, and they usually pack the place. But I didn't, honestly, I didn't know any difference. I, the only thing weird about it is there's some people wearing face masks, and obviously there were everybody was kind of sitting in groups in the grandstands. They weren't all they weren't all huddled together. They were they did a pretty good job of keeping themselves apart, uh, so we could so we could meet the health guidelines. But other than that, no, it, it didn't feel like any different than a normal race. How, how is this uh, COVID-19 and the social distancing and all the reg- regulations, how is that affecting your race schedule right now? I mean, are you going to try and hit anything that is a super late model race, or are you being are you still going to pick and choose where you're going to go? Uh, right now, um, my biggest goal was I wanted to get, uh, I needed to get four or five races in here. I'm just pretty much going to go wherever I can to try and get four or five shows in and get these cars shut down and get them on some different racetracks because i've got a lot of customers waiting for waiting for setup info and all sorts of stuff so i've got a few i got a few parts i got to finish up some r&d stuff that i designed this winter that i got to make sure works before i can get them to my customers and i've got to make sure i i get that all ironed out and get them made for them before things open up around home so uh we'll probably we plan on racing through this week i'm going to try and get as many races in as i can up until like maybe next monday or tuesday um if uh, weather weather permitting, we should be able to get three or four races in, and then we'll probably come home and take a week or two off, and we'll go from there, and I'll get all my stuff caught up, and then hopefully by that time everything opens up and we can go racing. <laughs> now I gotta I gotta ask you because we were we were teasing you before we came on earlier. Um, I'll tell you I you I know you took Colin out there to to get him some experience, uh, you know, with those guys, but. Uh, I don't know, man. I was impressed beyond impressed with how he did. He did awesome. Uh, man, he right out of the box, he, he impressed the crap out of me. And he did last year. We shoot with his little crate motor, man. He made some of the big races there at Merritt and Oakshade, and he was a top five car at Oakshade against the Supers. So I know the kid's got, the kid's got awesome car control. Um, and he, as a parent or, or a, you know, a mentor of a driver, it's it, – it, to have his problem is is way better than what it could be. I mean, he he always tends to underdrive the race car. Um, he's he's a really smooth driver. Uh, he's he's the type though that if he gets in a quarrel, he's going to be the first one to back out, and he doesn't stick his nose in there sometimes when he should. And which I would much rather have that problem than what some parents fight. So he uh, he impressed the shit out of me, man. He he started uh, started off the night um, qualified tenth in his group out of thirty two cars, and like I said, man, it. He all qualified, uh, man. He all qualified uh, Shirley and Heckenest, and I mean, there was there's a whole list of top national drivers that he all qualified. So first first here, first time here at the track, man, he did awesome. Well, and, and again, Rusty, it's got to be cool for you, as you said, not only as someone who's mentoring him as a driver and as a as a parent figure, but that's young talent in one of your chassis in one of your yep. domination race cars, correct? Yeah, and I told him, I said, buddy, if you make the, uh, I said, if you go out there and run good and, and make these cars look good and stable and, and you can compete with them, I said, you're going to sell more race cars than I am. Everybody, uh, I run into that my whole life. Every time I try and sell race cars, I've, I've drove for numerous chassis manufacturers and everybody always has the same argument. Well, why should I buy one of your cars? You, you've won races and everything. Like, it, it, why, what makes the rocket better than the Rayburn or the Rayburn better than the laser? Because you win 20 races a year in whatever you drive. So, you know what I mean? I, it, it, that doesn't sell race cars when I'm driving them because uh, people expect me to win races. But when uh, when my boy can jump in there or, or you know what I mean, somebody that, that uh, doesn't have a lot of experience can jump in one of my cars and go out there and run good. And and the, you can tell that the car, the race car is good because he's got control of it and he can drive it wherever he wants. He can do whatever he wants with it. That's, that's what's going to sell race cars for us. So. 
I think you did a better job than I did selling cars this weekend. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and I know you're wanting to get in the car and get some testing done, so we're going to wrap up here soon. But i got to ask, because I think a lot of people forget, Rusty, that you started out in, in sort of the same way that Colin did, and that is you started out as a young driver, uh, kind of hitting the local tracks. Uh, you know, a lot of people from around Butler remember you there, starting in street stocks and then moving up into late models. And uh, what, what's he going through right now, and what sort of things have you been able to take from your career when you were a young racer? And, and help him with a lot man it's uh, growing up it, growing up uh, that young trying to race uh, people look down on you people people will give you a hard time uh, no no grown adult wants to go get beat by kids so they're always tough on you i mean i, I don't know if it's uh, they're just making you they make you earn the respect i guess you know what i mean but and like i tell him all the time i said you're lucky man because uh, i flatten the curve for him you know what i mean i think in our area i kind of uh I flattened the curve, uh, the learning curve, and the in the growing pains because you know I mean everybody watched me come up and do it. So I've I've got a lot of respect from from all the drivers around us, and I think that trickles down to him. And um, it, I I can uh, I can guide him through it a little bit more. When I started, I was I didn't come from a racing background. I didn't have a dad that raced. I didn't uh, nobody knew who I was. I was just some punk kid out there driving a race car, getting in their way. You know what I mean? So at least Colin has. Uh, Colin knows everybody. Colin's grew up around this with me, so I think uh, I think his learning curve is going to be a lot quicker, thankfully, than what I had to go through. There was there was quite a few years I, I was ready to hang up the helmet because it got pretty tough when I was younger. But um, hopefully that won't be the case for him. Now Zach and I are pretty concerned around here that uh, you know up in Michigan we're we're nowhere near to probably seeing any racing anytime soon. So you're going to have to let us know because uh, we're going to get. We're going to get antsy here. We're going to have to have to follow you around the country some sometime and start watching some <laughs> Sounds racing. good, guys. You, you get a hold of me, and I'll let you know where we're going. So if you're not doing nothing, we'll see you in Magnolia, Mississippi on Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> sounds sounds like a great idea and again for, for for your fans who want to keep up with you rusty schlank racing on facebook and you have a website is too uh, yeah, uh, we as well website. um i it's not 100 percent done we're still working on it but um i'm going to work on uh, once we figure out what the heck's actually going on in this world i'll try to have uh, i'll try to have a schedule and stuff up on there too but probably right now the best place to find me is going to be facebook and We'll kind of keep everybody posted as what's going on. Well, Rusty, we appreciate you taking time to join us tonight. Uh, you know, go get some testing done. Good luck with the races that are going on this weekend. And as Rich said, we hope to see you soon. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Well, again, our thanks to uh, Rusty Slank for joining us tonight. And again, Rich, obviously, uh, you know, that, that interview with him pre-recorded. But uh, very cool that uh, he, he got a chance today to test that number 91 car going back to Peevely. And uh, then, as he said, right, going to Missouri and uh, Miss Mississippi, I think he said he is going to do some racing uh, coming up very soon. So, uh, man, that, that 91 car is going to get around. And, uh, you know what, with Steve Dorr as well, appreciate him joining us. And, uh, you know, he's going to find racing wherever he can, too. Exactly, and, and we have, we have some stuff coming up, Zach. Uh, what, what happens next week? NASCAR is back, Zach. Yeah, they go to um, Darlington, the, the track too tough to tame, or the lady in black, if you will. What a cool way for NASCAR to come back. I'm excited about that. It, it really is a cool way. Uh, you know, not that I have anything against iRacing, but this is going to be really different this weekend. Yeah. Um, but at least we, we're getting somewhere. NASCAR is coming back. Uh, dirt tracks are opening up here and there periodically across mm -hmm. the country i think you're going to see more of it over the over the next few weeks but uh at least we have uh the biggest name in our sport going back uh back to action this week although without fans uh at least we'll be able to watch uh 
some of our drivers racing. Exactly. And if you're a fan of the World of Outlaws, you just became a fan of Federated Auto Parts Raceway at I-55 because they've got the World of Outlaws Morton Building Late Model Series coming up, as you know, this weekend, Friday and Saturday. And then uh, next weekend, uh, what would that be? The 22nd, 23rd-ish, I think. Uh, they'll have the World of Outlaws NOS Energy Drink Sprint Car Series at Federated. So uh, if you're a fan of World Outlaws Sprint Cars Late Models, you might as well set up shop in Peevely. <laughs> <laughs> over the next couple of weekends rich yeah i think we're gonna i think we're gonna see be watching a lot of uh, dirt racing and a lot of next nascar over the next three four weeks uh, not quite sure we found the place that wants pavement to get going uh around here yet but uh a little bit of patience it'll happen yeah i, I think that uh, you know you're gonna find that somewhere down around uh florida you're gonna start to see that racing start to happen and rich as we know the rattler still scheduled still ready to roll and uh, steve door is among many that are expected to make a start there yeah keep an eye on that one uh you know that all those guys from the southern super series be heading over that way you know they'll be ready to go well, for Rich France, I'm Zach Heiser. Thanks again to Steve Dorr and Rusty Schlank for joining us tonight. And we'll talk next week, Monday, same time, same place, right here, horsepowerhappenings.com and on SoundCloud. Have a great night. Catch up on past episodes by logging on to horsepowerhappenings.com. And be sure to tune in next week to keep up on what's happening.